Hello everybody and welcome to the cool side of the pillow podcast. My name is Jamie and in this podcast I interview my friends, family, and even strangers about their passions and hobbies in life. We'll talk about movies, music, sports, cooking, and so much more. So join me as I dive into the world of the geeky, nerdy, and niche on the cool side of the pillow. And now, without further ado, over to future Jamie with his guest. Take it away, Jamie. Go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Cool Side of the Pillow podcast. With me today is a very special guest, a very dear friend of mine, and soon to be a very dear friend to all of you. Her name is Bella. How are you doing today, Bella? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Bella's okay. Do you want your full name? Do you want to I'm, get I'm good with just Bella. Okay, cool. Bella, 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 Bella. Today's topic uh, is a very interesting one, something kind of outside of the realm of, of topics we, uh, we've discussed on this podcast uh, previously, and that is affordable youth theater, a very a kind of niche uh, topic, but one I'm very excited to, to talk to you about. Um, but I guess before we jump into the, the main topic, I'd like to get an idea of your uh, kind of experience with youth theater just generally. So um, I guess, when did you first start in theater, basically? Well, when I first started in theater, I did start in youth theater and I was around 11 or 12. Mm -hmm. Um, There wasn't a theater program at my elementary school. So my parents paid to put me through a fairly expensive program and it only continued from there. I did shows that came up in my school, but I continued in different youth theaters around Niagara region where I'm from. And each show was pretty much gradually more expensive because prices kept going up and depending on what show it was and what company the prices like differed a lot so i was put through youth theater very young and now i run a youth theater nice well where did you uh, where did you start do you remember the company that you uh... oh i remember the company um <laughs> i the first youth theater i started with was niagara falls school of drama okay it sounds kind of bougie not gonna lie it wasn't as bougie as the other ones okay so that's that's a plus for them okay because uh i i too kind of started earlier in uh in stuff not really a like a proper com- community theater kind of thing uh for youth theater but uh i started with like summer camps like drama summer camps and stuff like that and they were uh in, in my experience it kind of it seems like there's two camps it's either good but expensive or cheap but bad <laughs> yeah I didn't include youth uh, summer camps in that for drama if mm-hmm. we we're including those I started acting around nine or ten because okay. I was put into those before that mm-hmm. do, you, do you think there's truth in the in the that I mean I feel like it makes sense to to charge more for a better experience but knowing what I know now about how expensive it is to put on a show and licensing for youth theaters I, some places it makes sense as to why they charge so much and some places it absolutely does not. Mm -hmm. 
I, I don't know if you have a question about that later, but I do think I know why there is such high tuition fees now. Why? Spill? Um, I think the biggest reason is because when you license a show, um, generally a lot of youth theaters, they don't, a lot of them in Niagara especially don't tend to look for specifically youth material. They try to license mm-hmm. bigger shows that are already popular that they know will sell tickets. But the problem is when licensing big shows like that is you have to pay really hefty licensing fees up front. So to guarantee that they are going to make that money, they charge large tuition fees. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Do you think they're, what are your thoughts on that? Because I'm. My thoughts <laughs> in youth theater, about youth theater is that the cost should be kept away from the kids as much as possible. And that companies should try and find other ways to make that money where where do you see the ticket sales yeah where where do you see the the money come from like on their front because you said you you're you're running a a youth theater thing so how do you kind of get the the money for that so something we're really working on with my theater this year is diversifying our income sources Mm -hmm. so just like a normal company would they try and find different ways to get income So we try and keep the cost away from tuition as much as possible. In fact, when we're virtual, we don't charge any tuition. We only charge tuition in person and it is very, very small. And it just covers the cost of the space that we rent. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. why we have no tuition when it's virtual. The way we make our money for shows is we get ticket sales. Well, we put up a lot of money up front in our first year, but other than that, through ticket sales and through sponsorships, through ad revenue, We sell ads in the program. We advertise on our social media pages for different companies if they want to. We have printed ads on the back of tickets before. And we also now are working on different workshop series. So kids that can afford to go to workshops, which are still going to be low priced, can pay Mm -hmm. for those. But it won't be nearly as expensive as going through a drama school and it'll bring in more money to the company. And we're also working on affordable coaching sessions one-on-one, which will again, bring in more money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So all of these things will be available to kids, but there's no pressure to do them if you can't afford them. I love that. That's very admirable. Uh, Cause I feel like, as I mentioned before, it's kind of like it's cheap, but you don't get really any, uh, I guess, te- proper teaching. Most of the time, like if it's a yes. cheaper place and there's not as much, I guess, incentive to to like put a, a lot of effort into it, because if you're not going to be making a lot of money, then it's kind of a hobby or like a kind of secondary thought in, in the mind. Yeah, I think a lot of youth theaters also, they try and run themselves similar to like a dance company would where they are separated by age group. And for normal acting lessons, that can be fair. I mean, you are going to teach different things to a five-year-old as opposed to a 15-year-old, especially because chances are a 15-year-old has been doing it for longer. Mm -hmm. So that's fair. But for shows, I think there can be a lot more overlap than a lot of theaters do, and that can really strengthen the program. Like with us, we try and have as much age overlap in shows as possible because what ends up happening is we have... A lot of older actors who are doing it just for fun, who have professional credits, mixed with younger actors who this may be their first experience in theater. And they're learning from not only us who are running it, but also the older actors. Mm-hmm. That's very true. Very true. So g- jumping back uh, briefly for to, to your time in uh, 
in affordable youth uh, or in youth theater. Um, did you enjoy your experiences when you were there? Because like being a child, it oftentimes, at least from my experience, it seems like the the like monetary stuff doesn't really get into your mind because you're the kid that's just playing and having fun and acting and stuff. But uh, just generally, did you enjoy the experience there? Um, it depended on the show, what age I was, and the theater itself. So the first one I went to, Niagara Falls School Drama, I did enjoy it for a while. It was fun. Mm -hmm. And then I stopped going there because I just, my parents didn't want to pay for it. And also I felt as if I wasn't learning anything more there anyways yeah. which is nothing against the people that run it they're wonderful lovely people um i just had kind of outgrown it yeah that makes sense the next place i went to which i'm not going to name drop because it is huge and possibly the biggest youth theater in the niagara region so those that are okay. there will know what i'm talking about um i had a mixed experience i did a couple shows with them it was ridiculously expensive i didn't know that but it was and the thing about this company is they often cast children, they cast multiple casts for shows, like up to three or four, and these casts can be huge of up to 60 or 70 kids. So they're getting thousands, tens of thousands of dollars just in tuition from the kids, doing these huge shows, and most of the kids don't have any sort of moment to themselves. They're in groups, a lot of them are put at the back, like they don't really take the time to cast these kids properly. So mm-hmm. I didn't enjoy that. Okay. And, and how old were you during, during that? Uh, the first time run? I did a show with them, I was 13. I think I was 13. Okay. 12 or 13. And the last time I did a show with them, I was 15, 15 or 16. Okay. So it didn't, it didn't uh, run long for that too long for you. No, I, <laughs> uh, I kind of got out of there when I was older because they were giving the same, the bigger roles to the same kids. And while I was getting solos, I, they weren't what I wanted. And my parents didn't want to keep putting me through that for them to be like, Oh, we're going to see you in two numbers. And that's it. Yeah. That made, that makes a lot of sense, especially yeah. if they're charging more money. Um, so for, uh, I guess when, when did you start realizing the, uh, I guess the overt expenses and stuff within youth theater, was it when you started kind of taking more of a leadership role in, in like your own? No, it was before that when I was in grade 12. So I think I was 17 or 18. I got really serious about going to theater school and I did go to theater school for a little while and my parents were trying to be supportive and they were trying to put, they started putting me through dance lessons, private vocal coaching, private theory lessons. And they wanted to put me through one of the many youth theaters. And we even looked at more affordable ones and none of them were in budget. If I was going to also be taking dance and vocal lessons because vocal lessons and dance lessons are charged per half hour per hour. And they're very expensive, but they're private. They're one-on-one. So I ended up doing one youth theater show that year, but I paid for it myself with my part-time job. Okay. So I knew how expensive it was. Sure, sure. And it was still cheaper than every other youth theater that we had looked at. And that must have been like a really eye-opening yes. uh, time. Oh, yes. Because 
yeah i feel like that really helps you kind of see uh the expensive stuff because like even uh i guess veering into a tangent a little bit looking at like uh home home owning or, or, or renting or whatever like buying a place to live it, even that like when you're not when you're like at, at home with your parents or whatever it's very out of your mind and then when you have to kind of step into that world it it opens a whole new uh all new eyes on a whole new world that you just oh yeah disregard. it's one of those things that you don't think about as a kid at all yeah, yeah. i wonder i i i'm i do you know do you know other other um like companies uh these days that are are kind of uh, following in the in the affordable youth theater footsteps in niagara no okay. <laughs> in the states yes there's one, sorry, I'm just looking at my phone because oh. I have it written down. I have had the absolute pleasure to meet a ton of workshop instructors because I've been doing interviews with them uh, around the world. And there is an organization, there's a couple of organizations in the States through one that I've met who offer, they're not particularly affordable, but they offer a lot of scholarships and they give them out to pretty much everyone. Wow. So that's, I think, is a really good option. I know that, so Theater New Brunswick in New Brunswick, they have a theater school there and they also have a lot of scholarships that they give out as well. And their theater school isn't expensive, but that option's there. But I okay. don't, there's some dance companies in Niagara that give out scholarships, but to my knowledge, none of the theater schools do. Okay, but there, do you think there's been a change in, in prices or anything uh in stuff because i know that not in a good way yeah okay so it's all been going up even oh yeah in, wow. even in the pandemic some of them have been staying the same or going up really yes there is even a, for like online stuff yeah there's a youth theater in niagara it's a different one i never did it but i have close friends that did mm -hmm. and they were charged i saw what they were charging per show per show to be in for the kids and it was around four hundred dollars and this was for a virtual show. Wow. Yes. What were the costs for? Did they like give reason for the price? They, for one of the shows, I'm pretty sure it was licensing. For another one, I'm not sure. They work with a lot of professional artists though that are equity. So okay. they also have to pay the artists mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that makes sense. But we still need to keep in mind that we are in a pandemic. A lot of families have faced financial hardship and $400 sure. is a lot of money. Yeah especially for doing something online where you don't probably have to pay for any costumes or, or anything like that. Oh, a lot of these youth theaters also make kids get their own costumes, which oh. we do as well. But if that's on top of the cost of tuition, it can get insane. Yeah, for sure. Cause I remember I went to a, an art school, like high school, and we had a lot of that too, that we had to, there, we had some costumes and stuff, but there was obviously things that you had to go out and purchase and it made sense like uh it, it also felt kind of like you were contributing like you were a, a deeper member I guess in the in the whole the whole team I guess mm -hmm. uh for lack of better words um but I do think that putting too much I guess pressure on the on the kids is is worrisome I guess I don't know I, don't I know. completely agree yeah. And especially since 
I think a lot of we need to keep in mind that it's not the kids that are actually paying for it. It is the parents. Mm-hmm. So you can have this kid that is absolutely obsessed with theater, can't wait to do it, has all their friends doing it, and their parents can't afford it. And that sucks. Yeah. Or like um, the kid could... Uh... No, I lost what I was saying. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but that kind of leads me to, to to my next question is, I guess to you, why is affordability so important? To me, it's really important because I want theater to be more accessible to everyone. And that is one of the barriers that can be taken down to make it more accessible. Mm-hmm. And also affordable youth theater, I found kind of directly impacts people's careers later on or even like the shows they can do in high school. I know for my high school, we weren't an arts high school and it was still consistently people that had training outside of school that got main roles, myself included. Mm -hmm. I did benefit from that. Um, But I know a lot of people that didn't and that didn't have that opportunity. And a lot of people that I went to theater school with after high school, they, most of them had formal training outside of school from a young age that their parents paid for. There weren't a whole lot of people that couldn't afford that in Mm -hmm. my class. And I've heard from many that it's the same thing. So it is one of those barriers that is in place. Yeah. And and it could, it, it, I feel like um, it also, you could have the most talented like kid uh, kind of going back to your previous uh, uh, point, you could have like the most talented kid, uh, who's obsessed with theater or whatever and the parents can't afford it and then there's like a whole path that this uh this kid might have been able to go down in like a multiverse uh and and explore that life there but here it just is it's only like an imagination i guess it's only in their imagination that they can actually go down that path yeah, exactly. I've, I've known a lot of really talented like singers and stuff who just never pursued it because of price and and of money and and stuff like that so it's it you're you're definitely right in that it kind of divides it's a very divisive kind of world if it's too expensive you you knock out a whole plethora of stuff a plethora of communities that could join in and stuff yeah exactly and we the youth theater company that I run, we go all the way up to age 25. So we include young adults. Okay. And there are many that come to us after they're in high school, age 18 plus, And they have never had the opportunity to do theater before because they couldn't get cast in high school because of all the kids that had prior training at their school that were getting all the roles, including ensemble. Mm-hmm. Or their parents wouldn't let them and they couldn't afford to do it on their own. There are many, many people that we work with like that. Yeah, that's, it's heart-wrenching sometimes seeing that kind of stuff. Um, it does, it does like leave, it comes off a lot of the time with the prices, especially if they're increasing during COVID and probably will increase after COVID as well to make up for lost, lost, uh, lost uh, revenue. It, it just, it feels like such an elitist uh, kind of, you know, divide i guess for lack of a better word oh yeah there is a huge elitist mentality around youth theater i find 
Um, mm-hmm. Actually, something that happened the other day was we have a couple people that are higher up in our company mm-hmm. and our assistant artistic director, I'm not going to name her name, she has a part-time job and she was working and her coworker does theater as well, but is in post-secondary for it. And she overheard that she had to, she couldn't take a shift because she had a rehearsal for one of our shows. And she was like, and her coworker said to her, oh, you do theater? And my uh, my assistant artistic director said, oh yeah, and started explaining how it's affordable youth theater. Mm-hmm. And her coworker, as soon as hearing that it was affordable youth theater, just got so rude and cold and didn't want to hear about it anymore. Wow, why? Yeah. Wouldn't you, I feel I like assume, you'd want to hear about that kind of stuff because it's affordable, because it's, it's that, theater. Yeah. I assume because it's that elitist mentality, like it is yeah. there. And over the past few weeks, especially, I've heard a lot of that from a lot of different people. That's very, very upsetting. But like even because I, uh, before pandemic, I was working at Mervish, right? Uh, mm-hmm. as, an, as an usher and you could see it just in the, just in the audience members, just a bunch of old, rich, white people. That's it. Oh, yeah. For like maybe like a smattering of other people around, but it was a very. That's not at Mervish alone either. That's also extending to all the festivals in Canada as well. I mm-hmm. had a, my cousin, his partner, she worked briefly for one of the festivals in Ontario. I'm not going to name which one. Okay. And they were trying to implement different initiatives to get more young people to come. And they have, they have very inexpensive tickets for under 30s or under 35s. Mm -hmm. So a lot of them, a lot of bigger theaters are implementing that now. Yeah, that's good. I know Soul Pepper did that and might still be doing that through COVID and stuff. I think Soul Pepper did, yeah. Um, But yeah, for anybody young out there, when the world opens up uh, again and theater becomes a thing again, Take advantage yes. of the cheaper tickets that people are trying to get out there because I got to see a lot of good shows uh, knowing about that. And I, I found out about it too late and I regret that. But yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's dive into this uh, this company that you uh, work for. Okay. Uh, am I, can I say the name? Of course you can. Okay, I re- I had to look it up because I didn't know what the initials stood for. <laughs> but it's the Young Actors Association of Niagara, right? Yep. Am I right? Did it affectionately did called Yan? Yan, yes, Yan. So I would like you to explain to me what Yan is all about. Ooh, that's a fun question, mm-hmm. especially since I've explained it maybe a thousand times this summer so far. Well, good. Um, you got you have experience. That's good. Yeah. So Yan started because I wanted to put on a show and I wanted to direct it. And my partner also wanted, to, if he wanted to open up an affordable youth theater and it just kind of happened that way. And ever since our goal has been, has to been to create this affordable, accessible youth theater and make theater as accessible to as many kids in Niagara region as possible. But since COVID, we have had to move online. We've moved completely online this season. And we are now bringing affordable, accessible youth theater to a global audience. We have kids from almost a dozen countries 
internationals wow. this year. Yeah, it's pretty insane. That's awesome. Unfortunately, we've have had to cut a lot of kids this year oh. because we had three times the amount of people we needed audition. Wow. Yeah. That's so two thirds got cut. But we still, most of the kids that are in, well, not most, about half the kids that are in it this year, they have very little to none experience. So we still are trying to keep with that. Nice. So that's kind of what we're about. We're about bringing, oh, and quality. We want the youth theater to be quality as well. Mm -hmm. And we also want to challenge what youth theater can be because a lot of youth theaters do these bigger musicals or they do plays that are written for younger children and that's pretty much it and mm -hmm. we do our main stage every year is a fairy tale that is written for kids as well but we do a lot of shows besides that that are have very mature subject matter and they aren't just performed by those 18 plus we have a show this season that has our entire cast I think the oldest is 15 the youngest is nine so nice. everyone between the ages of 9 and 15, and it's about kids trapped in a mine during the Industrial Revolution. Wow. Educational, too. Oh, very educational. We had an entire rehearsal just on the history. That's awesome. That's yeah. Congratulations as well with the, with the expansion. I'm interested to see how, uh, how I guess, it, it, it evolves after COVID as well, because you're getting all I these new faces and stuff. Uh, yeah. So part of my job is to think pretty far into the future. Mm -hmm. And what we're going to be doing is we're going to stay with doing at least one completely virtual show a season for during the school year. It'll most likely be more than that. It's to keep our global outreach. I really like that. I think that's a really smart, uh, smart choice and smart decision there. Because uh, the more eyes, the better, I think. And then you also have more audience members. Uh, we do. Well, uh, that come from our that. Ticket sales are hard because mm -hmm. the way that our shows have consistently gone with selling tickets is that most of the tickets we sell are the week of show. So it's hard to gauge what our audience is going to be like even now, even though we have a show opening in nine days, still pretty hard to gauge. Mm -hmm. so. Yes. Uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, your, your show coming up, uh, this will go out the day it drops, I think Monday which is, mm -hmm. that's, is that when it's, it's, uh, it's the 20, I don't remember what Monday is. The Monday's Monday? the 21st. You go 21st to 24th, right? That's the. No, we do uh, 24th to 26th. I'm wrong. Never mind. 24th <laughs> to 26th. Okay. So it'll be the Monday of the show week. Yep. That this drops. Uh, so let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your show. It's, it's Romeo and Juliet. If yes, but it's a 30 minute version. A thirty-minute version. So you cut, yep. you've cut it down, or did you? We found a script stuff, that was. We found a script that was a, an adapted thirty-minute version um, that didn't have licensing fees because they basically just took Shakespeare and cut it down. Okay. All we had to pay for was the script, so it was perfect for us. And nice. it is our first time doing Shakespeare. We will be doing a Shakespeare every year from now on going forward because it's gotten such a great response from the actors. Nice. Yeah, so we're calling it our Yan Summer Shakespeare, and it is Romeo and Juliet, and we have a pretty big cast, around 21 or 22 kids, I don't remember. Wow. Our youngest cast member is 13, and our oldest is 25, so quite nice. the age range. A good spread, I like that. Yeah. Um, so this, have you found other 
uh, like Shakespeare things that are like cut to half an hour or whatever? I have found a ton. This really? particular author, I believe it's Richard Coleman. He has an entire library of pretty much every Shakespeare show cut to either a 50 minute, a 40 minute or a 30 minute. Nice. That's a, and that's a nice length. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe maybe short even. Uh, but a good a good length of show, especially for uh, for online. Uh, yes, and we put on we put on our shows very quickly. We don't do a lot of rehearsal time, so this whole show was rehearsed in three weeks, wow. and now we're just into recording. So by the time this podcast goes up, we'll actually be done recording. Um, nice. And that's consistent with what we do. The longest we've rehearsed a show for is eight weeks. Wow. So it's like an, 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 inten- an intensive, what is it? Inten- intensive? Kind of. We don't actually do that many rehearsals. Most of the work is done outside of rehearsals. Our actors get the scripts in advance of when rehearsals begin, and they're expected to at least become familiar with it. Nice. Yep. That's it. Yeah. And then that also... Uh, jumps back to an earlier point of like it makes the the cast feel like in charge of something and like yes they have a they have a goal to reach they have something to 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 re- to aim for I guess and I think that's really important in in youth theater and theater in general honestly if you don't like for sure yeah if you're if you're kind of just there to be there then it kind of loses uh you know the the passion behind it all so it I think that's really, yeah, I think that's really admirable. Um, so yeah, do you do you have anything else to to say about the uh, the process of uh, Romeo and Juliet? How that's going? Uh, any anything to to lure the, the this audience uh, into to see your show? Tickets are pay what you can. So Tickets you, you can give two dollars. You can give twenty dollars. Um, yeah, it's you can totally... give a hundred dollars. Think about it like you that. Could you could pay give, $100. You can give a hundred dollars if you're if making you really bank during <laughs> during. If you're making bank during the pandemic, spread it over to the arts, baby. Spread it to the arts. Help them out. I mean, by all means, if you'd like to, that'd be great. But you don't have to, obviously. But you don't have to. Yeah, we're doing it. Pay what you can. Our we're gonna try and do all of our shows or most of our shows this season. Pay what you can. There's one of them that we can't because of the way that tickets have to be sold due to okay. the licensing agreement. But all the rest are going to be pay what you can. So with a suggested price. Okay. But totally up to the person how much they want to pay. And going forward, we are gonna try and do at least one pay what you can show a season as well. Just nice. to again keep theater as accessible as possible not just to youth but also to the audience members Mm -hmm. so how many shows uh do you do a year for yan in the past it was two or three now we are doing one basically one show a month wow although in august we have two whoa ambitious yeah and in the coming school year we have one show scheduled a month now some are very big and have large casts, but a lot are very small and have casts of under 10 people. Okay. So it may seem ambitious, but it's, it's doable. It's very doable. Nice. I love that. That's very, uh, that's very cool. Uh, and I feel like it also, uh, adds to, to the, to the reach that you're, you're bringing in. That probably means that you guys are getting so many more people that are, are you, you feel are, are worthy and, and, 
talented and, and you want them to be a part of your, your company, which is. That's it too. We're trying to do more shows with flexible casts so that we can cast as many people as we can or as little people. If we get a show that doesn't get as many applicants as we want, we can still do that show. It'll just be with a smaller cast. So that's part mm-hmm. of the reason why we're doing so many shows. Do you have uh, do you have a list of some of the ones that are coming up that you'd like to share? Oh, can you share? A, I don't know if you can. I can. I will share the ones that I can. Okay. The ones this season are, so June 24th, 26th is Romeo and Juliet, as mm-hmm. we said before. I'm just going to pull up the calendar on my phone so that I can get dates for some of them. I'm going to write them down too. Cool. July 30th to 31st is Fire Exit. Fire Exit. It's about a school that burned down and a student that died in the fire. It's everyone reflecting wow. on it. Yeah, very dark, but very yeah. good. <laughs> and then the dates were? July 30th to 31st. Okay, end of July, I love that. Um, our next show is By Baby Bunting, which is the one about the mine. Okay. And that runs August 13th to 14th. I'm writing these down. Sorry, audience. You have to wait for me. <laughs> Go ahead. And our last show, which is our main stage this season, is Alice in Wonderland. Nice. Yeah, and it's running August 27th to 28th. That must be interesting to do over uh, over Zoom. Yeah, we actually have our first real rehearsal for it this Thursday. We just had a read-through in the past. It's going to be very cool. The way we're doing it is we're treating it as like an old children's show, the ones that are very clearly green screened. Okay. We're going to be treating it like that so that when the audience watches it, it will be, it'll make a lot more sense and it'll be a lot more forgiving that it is green screen, that the acting's over the top. That's how we're treating it. Okay. I love that. I think that's a very smart strategy. It's always uh, really fun to see how um, companies and, and people are kind of adapting certain shows and certain ideas on how to convert uh, stage stuff to like online over Zoom stuff because it's a it's a really tough process. I had to try to sort of do that and it uh, and and it was a tough thing. So you have to you have to find ways to pivot, and I think it's it's very tough, but it shows a lot of ingenuity. So. Yeah, all of our shows this season actually have a different way that we're presenting them, and they're all going to be very different online shows. I love that because the ones I've seen have just been like people standing and saying the lines to the camera and stuff. One of them is sort of like that, but it's Mm -hmm. a monologue based show, so it has to be like that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, But still, that's that's really cool. I like that you're, you're, exploring different things that's really mm-hmm. that's that's a that's the way to win that's the way that's the way to win to rise to grow that's really cool um so i guess uh i guess a final main uh main topic question is what are some of the necessary things that you think youth theater should uh should incorporate just generally youth theater that's a great question. I think that youth theaters should, if they're not going to lower their tuition, at the very least, try and put in different scholarship programs to students that can't afford it, or their parents don't want to, or something like that. I think that's something that needs to be implemented. Mm-hmm. 
I think that a lot of you theaters will make you pay for classes as well as the show. And I think that that needs to go. Agreed. Because I understand that classes are important and they help with acting, but some kids don't have the time because theater is very time consuming and a lot don't have the money as well because that's two separate costs. I think that if you theaters are going to have the kids pay for their own costumes, the way that we do it is you pay for your costume if you're going to keep it. If not, we'll buy it back. I think that's a great program. It's worked well for us and it can definitely work well for others in the future. Yeah. And there's, I feel like there's got to be lots of people who uh, want to keep their costumes costumes just like memories and stuff. We have some very specific pieces that we bought for shows that kids have wanted to buy off of us, but we've had to say no. (laughs) because we need them for a show in two months yeah so that happens i also think that more youth theaters should look into diversifying their income there's lots of different ways for them to get revenue with ads with sponsors partnerships with other companies we've explored that as well even merch merch that's a great one a lot of dance companies do that Mm -hmm. so that's another great way yeah lots of lots of ways i i i I echo all of your uh, all of your comments on all of those things. I think that there's there's so many ways that you can you can keep youth theater affordable and enjoyable and still not lose buckets of money. I think so as well. Yeah. I think people just need to put the time and the thoughts into it. Yeah, because I feel like a lot of people. I don't want to be that person, but I feel like a lot of people are like get lazy with it and they're like or don't think about how like how how to diversify everything so they're like the only way you make money in theaters tickets that's it so you have to make everything expensive and everything's expensive uh so i think just more time and thought it can lead to a lot of brighter futures i guess i think so as well yeah so this is a little bit of a shorter episode, but uh, it is very, I'm, very, I'm really enjoying uh, this chat because it's, I am too. it's really keeping, it's really making me think of, of a lot of things and thinking back on a lot of things in, uh, in my life regarding youth theater and, and youth and, and theater just generally. Um, but with that being said, this is the end of our main topic discussion. Uh, unless you have any questions or comments uh, for me regarding this? Um, I don't have any questions or okay. comments. I would love to do a shout out to the audience either now or at the end. Yes, yeah. We'll have we'll have a time for you, you awesome. to shout out stuff then at I'm the good. end. Um, uh, so right now, we're going to just slip into a lightning round where Ooh, I'm just okay. going to l- shoot off a bunch of different thises or that's, some favorites, uh, and and... We'll get to know you a little bit more behind okay. the uh, behind the the affordable youth theater uh, woman. Weird. Um, <laughs> okay, so first question: cats or dogs? Usually cats, but there are some dogs that I love. Okay, uh, inside or outside? Outside. Okay. Uh, favorite movie. 500 Days of Summer. Oh, wow. I've, I think that's the fastest one so far of uh, somebody answering that question. So It's been my favorite movie since I was a teenager. So Wow. Uh, okay. Uh, cake or pie? Pie. Okay. 
Uh, favorite TV show? How I Met Your Mother and Gossip Girl. Okay. All right. Uh, favorite game, board or video game? Or both. Sims 3 for video. Sims for 3. board, um, Risk is a favorite and also a game called Coup. Coup? C-O-O? Yeah, it's a card. C-O-U-P. Oh, Coup. Okay, Coup. Yeah, Coup. it's a card game. Okay, I have to look that up then. What Can you explain it actually? Of course. Um, you get, there are a bunch of character cards and if you can play between two and six players, the more people you have, it's the better. Mm. Everyone gets two cards and each card does a specific thing. And you basically have to, there's a bunch of moves you can make and no one knows what your cards are besides you. So you're basically all trying to bluff about which cards you have and trying to throw a coup and have the most of those so that you can win. Interesting. So it's a little mm -hmm. bit of poker, a little bit of... It is a little bit of poker and okay. a little bit of it's political intrigue. It's really cool. I'm I'm that's actually absolutely uh, caught my eye. So I'm I'm gonna look. Well, when that COVID's well. over, I would love to play. Yes, please. That sounds like a blast. Um. Uh. Da, 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 da. Talk or text? Talk. Okay. Um. Favorite musical artist or musical act? Musical artist or musical act? Ooh, that's difficult. You can list off I'm, some if if you if you don't have one specific. I think it's got to be Billy Talent. Billy Talent, okay. Yeah. Okay. Great band. Um. And for for fun, let's do because uh, you're a you're a theater a theater geek uh, like me. What's your favorite oh, yes. musical? American Idiot. Wow! Immediately, yep. wow. Yep. Okay. Um. Do you have a favorite play as well? I do. It's called The Charity That Began at Home. The Charity That Began at Home. I'm gonna or Begins at Home. I don't remember which one it is. Yeah, I saw Shaw Festival do it, I think, back in 2014 or 2015. It's very funny. It's in, It all takes place in one room. It's very Ooh, good. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Um, uh, did, did we did that one. Earth, air, fire, or water? Water. Okay. Uh, favorite food? Um, lobster ravioli with a rosé sauce. Ooh, fancy. Mm -hmm. uh, that sounds so good. Oh, my God. It uh, is so and, good. And finally, uh, who inspires you? Who inspires me? Mm -hmm. Could be my partner. I, okay. I have two. My partner inspires me to be a better person. He's lovely. Nice. Shout out to him. Shout and out. Celia Keenan-Bolger inspires me like just as a performer her and Beanie Feldstein Celia Keenan Boulder because she is very tiny like me and is still playing six-year-olds on Broadway which is amazing and Beanie Feldstein because my weight has fluctuated a lot and Beanie Feldstein talks a lot about her weight and is still amazing actress on tv and nice. in movies what uh do you have any uh for Beanie Beanie I think it's Beanie yeah Okay, I, I don't I don't know the actress, so I don't know. She's Ben Platt's best friend. I'm gonna look her up then. Hang on, let me look her up now. <laughs> well, keeping this in, I'm keeping this in. Beanie, I don't know how to spell Beanie. B e a n. -I okay, so like Beanie, like Feldstein. Beanie. Oh, she looks familiar. Yeah. Um, oh, oh she's in uh, Booksmart. Okay. Yeah, she's, uh, she's her and Booksmart. Molly Gordon, Noah Galvin. Oh Kate yeah, Dover. she's in Lady yeah. Bird too. Okay, yeah, yep. she's she's incredible. She's amazing. Uh, yeah, she's so good. Um, 
I didn't know her name. I'm very glad I know her name now. <laughs> um, that's awesome. Uh, okay. Um, so with that, that's the end of the, the lightning round. Uh, now, shout out stuff. Address the audience, if you will. Hello, lovely audience, if you're still listening. Um, if you are an, an artist or you just want to work with theater, please feel free to reach out to me. My name is Bella Balden. Um, I can be contacted on Facebook or Instagram. And or, and or the company, Young Actors Association Niagara or YAA Niagara on Instagram. We have been partnering with artists and paying them to do workshops. And we also just love having more artists around in general, whether you want to direct a show, work backstage, anything. Nice. Do you have, uh, do you have, I, I can post, um, I'll post all the, the links and all the, the stuff in the awesome. description of the stuff. So, so send that my way. Um, and I'm hoping... I hope you get a lot of uh, a lot more people. I don't think my audience is any that much bigger or outside of your reach, but no worries. Anyways, um, that is awesome. Yes, everybody, go support uh, Yan. I'm just gonna call it Yan because I yep can, everyone I does. Yeah. Go support Yan. Check out Romeo and Juliet dropping on the 24th to the 26th of June. So yep. that will be the week that this drops. Um, and yeah, check them out on Instagram and stuff. All the links will be in the, in the description and everything. And in all of the posts that I make of this, follow me on, uh, on Instagram at the cool side of follow me on Facebook at the cool side of the pillow. Um, and check out the website, the cool side I never do this stuff. So this is. You you started shouting out stuff, but now I want to shout out stuff. Um, I have to. I have to. It's yeah, part of my job. Um, but yeah, check out Yan. Support Bella and her team and her squad. And, uh, you know, stay frosty. Um, Bella, thank you for joining me. It has been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully we'll do this again about uh, something else. Maybe, sure. maybe we'll do Sims one. Yes. I want to I wanna know... I want to see if there's a way that we could do, I don't know how this would work, but if there's a way we could do a podcast where we make Sims during it, I want to like, I mean, do, not a do like, I don't post the, the video or anything of stuff, mm -hmm. but like a, a commentary on creation on creating Sims and stuff. You know, if I go on my other computer, I can share my screen and we can make a Sim together. That sounds like a blast. Maybe we'll do that. We'll 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 talk about it. We'll, we'll figure it out. But again, right. thank you, thank you for uh, for joining me today. Uh, yeah. Other than that, goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you, audience, for listening. Uh, and uh, stay frosty. Bye. Say bye, Bella. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Cool Side of the Pillow podcast. If you like what you heard, tune in every Monday for all new episodes. And follow me on Instagram at the cool side of to keep up to date with what I've got going on. While you're at it, check out my website, thecoolsideof.com. Stay frosty, my friends. <laughs>